0: It's the HTYC podcast. That's Happened to Your Career, episode 76. Hey, are you struggling to figure out what it is that you want to or should be doing with your life and your career? Then you need to enroll in our eight-day mini course that helps you figure that out. Just text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC to 38470. Or visit figureitout.co. That's figure it out.
1: If you knew how you as a listener knew how recruiters use LinkedIn to find people just like you for the 85% of the jobs that are never posted, wouldn't that be to your benefit?
0: This is Happen to Your Career. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and then make it happen. Whether you're looking to do your own thing or find your dream job, you've come to the right place. I'm Scott Barlow. Hey, it's Scott, and welcome back to the show. Welcome to Happen to Your Career. And I am way excited, of course, to have you back with us. Now, this is the show that helps you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. Today's show is going to be a pretty, pretty granular, pretty detailed, but extremely helpful uh for you especially if you are trying to make a career change and you're looking for a different job particularly a job that lines up with what it is that you want to do and then also want to turn the job search process on its head and actually allow people to find you and make that much much easier and eliminate some of those barriers to do so so that's exactly what we're going to talk to our guest today about now, he talks about something called Boolean search. And if you don't know what it is, that's okay. He's going to explain it and at the same time tell you how to leverage it to your advantage. And again, if you have, if you've ever, if you've ever made a job change and you have struggled with, How to be able to make yourself available to potential recruiters, employers, hiring managers, et cetera, et cetera. Then this is absolutely the episode for you because he takes you through ways to make that process much easier and not compete against so many people. In fact, to avoid competition entirely, and we're going to talk about exactly how to do that. So our guest is Al Smith, and I got to tell you just a little bit about him. He's he's been a hiring manager since his early twenties, and. After over 35 years, you know, doing things like management and sales and marketing and training for a whole bunch of different companies like Xerox and Kimberly Clark and Sistema, uh, he's he's now a director at the Unity North Atlantic Career Ministry in, in Marietta, Georgia. He lives there in Georgia, and he is really helping people to reclaim their position in the workplace. So he's co-authored a book with Jeff Sheehan called Hired Paths to Employment in the Social Media Era. It's available now. I get these types of questions all the time about how to leverage social media in order to get yourself the type of job that you really actually want that that fits you. And you're gonna you're gonna be in for a good one. So with that, here's our conversation.
1: All
0: right, so I am way excited to talk to Al Smith. Al, welcome to the show here.
1: Well, thanks, Scott. I'm, I'm very pleased to be here. Uh, of course, I ran for president Al Smith. I ran for president in 1928, right? <laughs> talk about the importance of words. Al Smith, if you Google me, you're going to get the guy that ran for president. If you Google Alfred M. Smith, you might get me. <laughs> so Maybe. there there, yeah, maybe exactly. Maybe there are only three Alfred Smiths in my city, which isn't all that big. So but <laughs> there we go.
0: That's uh, and I'm sure that was very intentional. But that's a little bit what we get to talk about and dig into today. It, it, exactly. Yeah. So you and you and I got on a on a really short call and had a chance to chat just to, just for a few minutes. Uh, geez, I want to say it was last week. And <laughs> as we started talking. I was particularly excited because you you specialize, well, you, you've done a whole bunch of different things, but uh, one of the things that you specialize in now is helping people understand how to get hired and how to do that in, in and with and around today's technology, especially for what recruiters are using and, and giving people the inside track, and we're going to get to talk about all that. But, but uh, for just a couple of minutes before we, before we dig into that, I really want to dig into your story. Sure. Because you've, you've done what, 35 years or so of, uh, of management and, and marketing and training and all, all kinds of stuff. Right.
1: Right. My, my background is I, I kind of half joke that I've worked Uh, I've been at the executive level for seven different companies in five different industries. And if uh, either I can't keep a job or I have transferable skills, and I'm. I'll guarantee you that your listeners all have transferable skills too. It's just how to package that into something that's marketable and sellable, so that the the buyer, meaning the the recruiter or talent acquisition person, can buy you as opposed to somebody else. So I got into coaching and writing my book, Hired Paths to Employment in the Social Media Era, largely because I found myself in job transition for a whopping two years. And I was one miserable. <clears throat> I won't say that word or three words out loud. But uh, so I was doing every all the things that worked in the past and it was getting nowhere. Um and so there had to be something different. Just just doing a resume wasn't working. Just doing job boards wasn't working. Uh, networking, just networking wasn't working. So there had to be something else out there. And it, it became a passion for me to find out what that was. And in large part, because I stumbled onto... A prayer request. I don't re- read people's prayer requests. I don't go into my wife's purse. Uh, uh, and this person said, and I, I found this because of a networking meeting I went to. Yeah. Uh, and I, I read it, and I can't. I'll never forget the person who said, "I've lost my job. I'm virtually penniless. My wife has left me. My house is about to be foreclosed on, and I'm and I'm in total despair." And I knew what this guy was capable of doing because I contemplated it myself. And I swore that moment that as soon as I got a job, I'd help people get jobs. And so that's become a real passion to me to take my sales and marketing background and put it to work for people who don't know how to get a job. Because, I mean, we were all good at what we did. But we're not good at getting jobs, and let's hope we never get good at at uh, getting jobs. So, so that's where that's where we are, and and it became a training, a coaching a company, uh, and it it turned into uh, my book, or my, I co-authored a book with uh, Jeff Sheehan, who only has about three hundred ten thousand Twitter followers. <laughs> only, yeah.
0: So I'm curious, then, what. I absolutely get the the prayer request and absolutely get the other pieces, but I'm curious on a more granular level, what you started and how you started doing some of these things differently because you said, Hey, I was, I was doing the whole resume thing. I was doing the whole job boards thing. I was trying to network and guess what? None of this stuff was working really well. (laughs) I get what started you to do it differently, but or I guess the the thought process where you needed to do something differently. Sure. But what actually, what well, actually were, caused you to to do something differently yeah. in terms of? And what did you start doing?
1: Well, the, the sales background. You know, if you if you uh, aren't doing something, getting the results you want, you you try something else in yeah. a logical form. Yeah. So there were two things that happened simultaneously. One, I discovered this strange new entity called LinkedIn. Uh, which really uh, five six years ago was finally becoming something used by recruiters on a large scale, and the other thing uh, was using other th- other ways to contact uh, individuals outside of hr meaning marketing brochures and marketing plans, and there uh, we can talk about the myriad uh, type of marketing materials that, that you, the, the listener can, can use, put together really easily. Uh, for instance, you can use trifold bo- brochures or bifold or multifold or rack cards, put a, a portfolio together, uh, use YouTube videos. If you're comfortable in front of a camera, it's real easy to put together a PowerPoint so that you're reading what you're wanting to present. While you're talking to the camera, I mean, looking directly into the camera so that your eyes don't look, seem to be moving back and forth. And if you are reading a script, so, which of course you don't want to do or sound like you're doing. But all these things, a QR code is another way you can uh, use technology uh, to enhance the things that you're doing normally. And we need to outwork people in order to get work.
0: So, I love
1: this stuff,
0: but why did you find these types of things to be so effective?
1: Largely because you need to differentiate yourself. You you have to show that you're different, you're better, you're going to show a potential employer what you're going to be like after they hire you. Yeah, that you can read, uh, that anybody can read a resume, which I call a career obituary. <laughs> which you know it starts. I'm going to
0: borrow that one. I love that.
1: It, it's, it's great. I borrowed it from somebody else. Uh, as a matter of fact, the the guy who did the photography in a, on the book is the one who I stole it from. Uh, I mean, borrowed it from. <laughs> uh, thanks, Bruce. So. It's, you know, a resume starts with your most recent job, which, by the way, for every month that you're out of a job, the gap between then and today becomes wider and wider and wider. And that in itself, there's a huge bias against people who have been unemployed or who are unemployed. So you might need to do something else. So, so again, the career obituary obituary starts with your most recent job and goes back to when the the Dead Sea only had the sniffles or something, and it's boring, whereas a LinkedIn profile, you can actually put things that are alive into it, and 93% of recruiters use LinkedIn as their primary search tool, according to a Jobvite uh, survey just two years ago. So
0: how accurate do you think that is at the, at this point? So I, I've done tons of recruiting over the last, geez, I don't know, 10 years or so. I have personally used LinkedIn, but I've also used a lot of other sources. I know a lot of recruiters. I would say virtually, I don't know, I'd say about 75% of the ones that I know. And granted, I've got a limited sample size, right? I only know a few hundred recruiters or something along those lines. But what, what's your sense on on that? Because everybody, everybody says that, but I found it to be industry dependent.
1: It, it, and, and you're absolutely right. There, there are some industries, I have clients who are uh, in the broadcast industry and in some of the arts industries, uh, another, another couple who are editors and, and proofreaders and so forth. And there, there isn't a whole lot of LinkedIn there, or so it seems. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and in a lot of the trades, LinkedIn does, just doesn't exist, for that, that sort of group, but by and large, and, and even if the job byte survey is only half correct, that would be almost 45% of recruiters using LinkedIn as a primary search tool. So it's, it's something, it's a path to employment and it needs to be, it should be a path for all of us. Uh, why, why give up any potential way to get found to, to To do something else, I mean, I tell people as, as much as I don't particularly care for job boards, the big boards, especially, why would you not put your resume out there? People get hired that way I mean, he, Who cares how you get hired as long as you get hired
0: so here Here's kind of what I'm taking from what you just said and and I think that that's insightful two things one is that hey this is this is probably the largest you know and we're talking about specifically about linkedin you know it's probably the largest common usage uh, for recruiters and people who are looking to hire other people uh, so you got to pay attention to it yes <laughs> whether you like it or not yeah. <laughs> and then thing number two is it really seems like you probably need to know and understand a little bit about your industry and the types of people in your industry to understand if there's a different or other supplemental ways.
1: Absolutely. Cause there, there are other job boards There dice for instance, is one uh, uh, segmented job board that, that uh, is industry specific and, and there might be things for you that way. Even something as oddball as oh. Craigslist might be where people are, are getting found. So wherever that is, and you need to do the research to find out what the where people like you are getting found and compare what you're putting out there versus the best of what you're seeing and steal, I mean, borrow from them. <laughs> Again, I, I use a lot of bad jokes and that's one of them <laughs> that I use often. So, but seriously, to... To find out what's going on and, and, you know, take LinkedIn for instance. So if recruiters are using that tool, how are they using it? If you knew how you as a listener knew how recruiters use LinkedIn to find people just like you for the 85% of the jobs that are never posted, wouldn't that be to your benefit? Couldn't you manipulate the way you position yourself so that you get found more often.
0: So let's talk about that then, Al. Absolutely agree. Very, very much. HTYCers, this is uh, (laughs) everything that uh, that Al just said is critically important. But what does that actually look like? Sure. So you said, you know, if you understood how, how recruiters actually use it, you know, what what do you mean by that first of all how How do recruiters actually use linkedin
1: sure well i I'll go back just a step sure. so the when you apply to a job a posted job there are two kinds of jobs posted jobs and hidden jobs and according to forbes uh, last year. of the job, only 15% of the jobs out there were posted, and 85% of the jobs were hidden, meaning they were never posted anywhere ever. So, there are two ways that you can get the job. You can apply for the job, which means you submit your resume or submit an application. And it used to be where you'd go to the newspaper, who even gets a newspaper anymore, uh, find a job that's perfect. Send your resume and a cover letter, and in two to three days, somebody with two eyes and a brain would read your resume. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen much of the time. Now when you submit your resume, first it's being scanned by applicant tracking system software searching for keywords so if you actually get through the black hole then you get to somebody a, a recruiter or talent acquisition person on the other hand for the hidden jobs oh and and they can get hundreds and even over a thousand people for each one of those posted positions but because of that, they used a, a boolean search technique they took the uh, George Boole, who lived in the 1800s that was a mathematician who invented the algebra's order of operations so they they adapted this computer geeks adapted that to find specific keywords in, in people's profiles and resumes so uh, recruiters will do a Boolean search, and they will do it this way. And you can do it right now. If you would go to LinkedIn, why LinkedIn? Because it's, it's easy, uh, and do an advanced search, click an advanced, and you'll get to a page that shows a whole bunch of stuff. So the first thing you're going to want to do is type, in, and this is exactly what a recruiter would do, would type in The your desired title. So put it in quotation marks because you want those terms in that specific order. And so, in in one case, I was speaking one morning uh, in the northern suburbs of Atlanta, and I told people I could find anybody I wanted to within moments, and they didn't believe me. So I did a search live. I created a fictitious company, and I was searching within a 25-mile radius of that zip code. And so I typed – oh, the the company was a fictitious pharmaceutical company moving to uh, greater Atlanta, and they needed a vice president of sales who had a lot of new product uh, launch experience because they had a new blockbuster drug. Sound reasonable? Sounds reasonable enough to me. Yeah. What, so was, I typed,
0: what was the name of the company? Just curious.
1: <laughs> XYZ Corporation. Perfect. <laughs> XYZ Pharma. So uh, I did a Boolean search looking for this vice president of sales. So first I typed in vice president, and within 25-mile radius, I got over 50,000 vice presidents. There must be a lot of banks there.
0: Yeah, no joke.
1: So then I added sales, vice president of sales, and it dropped it down to oh, only 22,000. So that was in the title section. So now I started adding words or terms in the keyword section. And the first one that I first term that I put in there was new product launch, and that dropped the the results down to about twelve hundred. When I added pharmaceutical or pharmaceutical and medical, it went down to ninety one. Now every recruiter in the world would stop by ten pages, ninety, and the vast majority would stop by five pages or fifty. Search results. So if you're not on the first five pages of LinkedIn or Monster or wherever you are, you're generally speaking, you're not going to get found. But in this case, to to make things a little more fun, uh, and because I was doing it live and I had a purpose in mind, I added that the person I was looking for could have no insurance background. So I put minus insurance. Finally came up with nine people in a matter of minutes. Eight of them were brilliant, and one of them was me, which was my point. So that's the way a recruiter would find somebody just like you, the, the listener. So you, if you can determine, and you can, the keywords that they're looking for, then you can get found more often, and you move yourself up towards uh, page one, number one on the results of people exactly like you, so, and and that's exactly what, or pretty much how, when you Google something, the, the through search engine optimization, you're going to the the product or you in this case would move towards the top. So along those same lines, when you Google something, the whatever is in position one. On page one gets a third of all the search traffic. So in job search, if you're on page one, number one, you're going to get seen more often. You're going to get calls more often, and you're more likely to uh, get a job much, much more quickly.
0: So here's what just occurred to me listening to this. Um, I, I guess firsthand know that everything you're saying is true. But I don't know why it never occurred to to me in this particular way before. We spent a lot of time on this show talking about how to help people transition from what they're doing currently to work that they really want to be doing, yeah. which is is typically different than what they're doing, right? Right. Um, some cases it's the same, but for most people it's it's a major career transition. Mm-hmm. And first thing that occurred to me is in order to leverage everything that you're talking about I have to have a very very clear picture of what it is that I enjoy otherwise the folks that are searching for me are not going to they're they're going to search and, and I'm going to come up in searches for types of roles uh, types of companies uh, other things that that aren't really going to be a good fit for me let me cut back in here for a second I want you to meet Tracy.
1: I'm Tracy, and I'm from San Diego. I am a microbiology lab supervisor at a medical device and diagnostics company here in town.
0: Before Tracy found our eight-day figure-it-out course, here's what life was like for her.
1: I was drowning in debt and seriously struggling to find a way out of it. I've got student loans <laughs> from the late 90s that I'm trying to pay down, as well as a car loan.
0: Okay, now you might be thinking, what does debt have to do with Tracy's career? And what does any of this have to do with this eight-day figure-it-out course?
1: And this course really helped me to gain a lot of clarity around what was important to me and helped me to see possibilities beyond my current situation. So with that, I've actually started a small virtual assistant business on the side, and I have been able to seriously accelerate my debt repayment plan. I will be completely debt-free in just over two years from now.
0: Wow. Congratulations, Tracy. We love hearing stories just like that one. Now, if you want that type of clarity that can help you move forward in your life, here's what you can do. Just text HTYC to 38470. HTYC to 38470. Or just visit figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co.
1: Exactly. And and you're going to be miserable. And, And so... Finding what they're looking for. This is a sales job, whether you like sales or not. When is. you're yeah, when you're in transition, you have are a recruiter uh, with one client. You you are a brand manager, a marketing brand manager. You have to market this creature, this product called you, and then you have to sell it. You're you're a commission only salesperson, and if you don't sell you, you're you're going to go hungry. And I'm fat and I like eating. So, <laughs> uh, so I want you to find out what that is. And uh, I had a client, a coaching client who was a product manager of some sort. And he, 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 IT sort of things. And he was wanting to transition to a scrum master. So this is agile training and yeah. so forth. Yeah. So I looked him up talking about how recruiters would look and how you need to position yourself so that you can get found, I looked up Scrum Master, just typed in Scrum Master as a title. Now, me, in my ignorance, I spelled Scrum Master, capital S-C-R-U-M, capital M-A-S-T-E-R, two words. And one, I didn't find this person, but I did find 13,000 Scrum masters in my network. I don't even know what a Scrum master is, so I didn't find the guy. And and then I looked at his profile, and I found Scrum master is one word, S C R U M capital M A S T E R one word. Hmm. When I typed that in, I found fifteen hundred Scrum masters. That's so nine times the results. But does a recruiter know the difference between a Scrum master and a Scrum master? And should you use both terms? So that's, that's what I did. That's what I suggested he do. And he went from not being found to being number 15, uh, in a LinkedIn search done by somebody who's not a connection to him.
0: So this is very interesting because even though, even though Al, I have worked with this stuff, I don't always think about it in these capacities and, I will say that very, very often, uh, and, and it d- depends on the company, depends on the industry, depends on you know who they're using um, for whatever. But people that are <laughs> that are working with this may not have a clue really about uh, about all of the ins and outs of a particular job or a particular field. They might know enough to be dangerous, or know enough <laughs> about uh, about what the hiring manager might be looking for or the company that hired them or, you know, whatever the situation is. Sure. That's, that's a great story and a great point. Uh, and you sort of have to, to your point, get into, get into the mind of, uh, who's going to be looking and what their, what their thought process is going to be. And at the same time, put those keywords in there that, that makes sense for that. And often it's not gonna be what we think makes sense. It,
1: exactly. I, I, I ended up creating a process that I call words to work. If you don't have the right words, it's virtually impossible to get work, right? So the, what I what I do, more or less what the process is, is let's find the the the, the title that you're most interested in. All right, fine. Okay, the first step after that would be we'll find job descriptions. Now, remember, four-fifths of the jobs are never posted, and most of the job descriptions for your title are virtually the same no matter where the job is located. And so I want to find three to five jobs that are perfect for you anywhere in the country, anywhere in your area, uh, and I mean in your entire country or region, without regard for the job or the company. Because we're not looking for work now. We're looking for the words that they're looking for, that the companies are looking for, for people with your title. So I, I look for the work, send it to a client, and, or the jobs, and send it to the client. You tell me, they have to tell me if the the job is perfect or if it's not. Well, if it is, I can extract the keywords out of that. And you can either use a uh, word cloud generator like uh, Wordle, or my favorite one is abcya.com, which is actually a word cloud generator for kids, uh, but there are some advantages to, to it over uh, wordle.net. You that? It's abcya.com uh, under, let's see, forward slash ABC. Com forward slash word, W-O-R-D, then underscore, and clouds, plural, C-L-O-U-D-S, dot H-T-M. And there are some advantages to it. Uh, you can slide to make use fewer or more words in that word cloud. You can change it from... Uh, swirling and and strange formations to being horizontal, all the words. You can change it from uh, multiple colors, which my wife would shoot me if I printed all those colors. (laughs) You know, use $60 worth of ink uh, to white on uh, black on white. So then you can print it out. But the thing people most don't understand about word clouds is that key terms and acronyms might show up real small, whereas they might otherwise want to use the biggest words that they see, because they're scales, uh, font size scales, that generally mean that's the most important word, but that's generally. Another uh, tool, the one that I use for clients, uh, it it's a spreadsheet that ranks words uh, by relevance and how often they appear, and what what we do, my clients and I do, is we choose a good couple handfuls of those terms, and then uh, load the the keywords and long tail strings of keywords. Meaning, where you string multiples of those keywords together. Uh, in the in my earlier case, it w- would have been a certified Scrum Master or Vice President of Sales. So those are are those are called long tail strings, and they have positively affect the algorithm that helps to get you up towards the top of page one, uh, position one.
0: So help me work through a few of these different things because sure. if if I'm in transition and I'm thinking about all these things as I'm as I'm hearing you talking and I'm looking at this in a in a new way, I guess you could say, if I know that I first of all, don't like my my current job. I mm-hmm. want to make a career transition. And, and this is the case most of most of you know, our listeners, HTYCers who are listening to this show are in. And I, I know that I like certain things, but I also know that job titles fluctuate drastically from company to company. And that's been my experience again and again and again. I mean, yep. some things are fairly similar. Like, yeah, well... Actually, let's see. Graphic designer is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be fairly similar, like sixty plus percent of the job might be similar. Yeah. Uh, one one company versus another, uh, but even the types of projects that you're working on can vary drastically, and that can make a massive difference. Yes. If I enjoy, uh, you know, if I enjoy large scale, very collaborative projects versus just working with one person and. Uh, things along those lines so uh, how do you how do you reconcile for all of those things because i find working with uh, working with people again and again that are making these career transitions and don't enjoy what they're doing currently. And even if they've gone so far and done the hard work to identify what they really do enjoy, often that doesn't always fit into a particular type of job title. It might fit into 17 different job titles. Um, th- but uh, you know, it's, that's, not how, that's not always how people are getting searched.
1: Sure. And having multiple titles that are somewhat similar, that's fine. You can put that into your LinkedIn profile. And certainly where in the body of, of your profile or resume, you'll use those terms uh, over and over. Oh, by the way, there's something that we found out just last year that a lot of applicant tracking system software is now requiring – uh, what we call the rule of three, where if you don't have their keywords three times, you never get out of the black hole, so that that ought to dispel the one page resume myth so uh but again, going back to profiles and and to your point if <clears throat> excuse me if if you have the multiple uh job titles. And you're finding that the keywords are just about the same, and they should be, uh, for what you want to do and what you're best at. That's Those are the terms that you need to load. Uh, and when I say load, I'm not talking about the scam that's out there, where there's, there's a famous, a really famous person who will charge you $600 and will get you to page one, number one, but she... Keyword overloads where uh, in one of my presentations, I, I show an example of the person who is number one in social media. And in every case, every uh, job that this person had, there is a repetition of social media, social media, social media, social media, social media in great big blocks. Uh, Google did away with that. If you did it on Google, you'd be bounced out of there. But LinkedIn hasn't done that yet. uh but if a recruiter sees you doing that, they're going to say, oh, you're scamming us now. You're going to scam us later. But if you're using the terms that describe you, the, the things that you want to do, the things that you're good at doing uh, repeatedly with a little flair but using the same terms, you're going to affect the algorithm to get up to the top and get found more often.
0: So help me understand that a, in a little bit more detail. Sure. What, you're saying if i understood you correctly that you know this advice from this other person was something rem- reminiscent of dumping those specific keywords again and again and again into all of the different types of jobs on a profile and so when i look at that as a as a recruiter then <laughs> i'm seeing stuff that doesn't even necessarily perfectly make sense or perfectly line up but it's got the keywords in there Is that kind of what
1: that's exactly right. I call it keyword overloading. Okay. Uh, where it's, it's obvious that you're trying to scam just to get the keywords in there. Uh, and it's seen for exactly what it is, uh, and something that you really don't want to do. But at the same time, you want to compare yourself to other people who, uh, have, who are what you want to be. And, what do they have and how are they doing this and how are they talking about it and what makes their profile better than mine? So examining your competition and that's what these other people are, your competition, what are they doing? Where are they, Why are they successful? And I'm not. So it, 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 there is a bit of an art to this, it's, it's science and art.
0: If I am applying the 80, 20 rule to this, mm-hmm. And I'm looking at what are the you know two or three or four or five things that are going to help me be most effective, because I don't have the time nor the uh, want to spend years understanding this. <laughs> uh, <No. laughs> which you know you've you've got a ton of knowledge on this, and you know it's it, it sounds like it's it's something you didn't know eight nine ten plus years ago or whatever, or you, at least you weren't using it and, and now, you know, but you've also had years of experience in, in working with us and doing presentations and teaching it and you've heard again and again, and I totally agree with uh, sometimes the best learning is teaching, yeah. but what are the, what are the two or three or four or five things that are going to help me more so than anything else when we're thinking about this?
1: Sure, and it's it, and it's funny you say that what you've led up to because you know my co-author Jeff is the the social media geek, and I insisted upon having because I'm not I'm not at all uh, I insist on on a section in the book called uh, LinkedIn what you need to what you need to have to get started or something like that because. You could get into the minutiae of it and, oh yeah. You know, it's, it's cure for insomnia. So let's take a couple of, a handful of things that you can do right now to positively affect your, your chances of getting a job. The first thing that you must have is a listing of a current job with the title or titles that you want. Because if you don't, you're not going to get Found in the vast majority of recruiter searches. Now, and I'll explain how this works. When, when a recruiter does a search for somebody just like you, with the title that you want, as soon as they start typing in the title, a brand new box shows up. So if, if you, the listener, click on advanced, then go to people, click on people, you'll see a list of options on the left-hand side of the page uh and one of them is title and directly below it is is company but as soon as you type in the first word or the title a new box comes in between title and uh, uh a title and company a brand new box shows up and it's four options they can choose whether the person has that title current or past current past or past or not current. And in almost every case, they're going to click on somebody who currently has that uh, job or that title. Now, I'm not telling you to lie. Uh, I'm going to tell you, do not lie. I mean, ask Brian Williams about lying and, and and you'll see why I'm adamant about not lying in, in job search. But you can create a job that you can say that you're currently seeking. You are at uh, your initials, use that as a company. Uh, but you need to have that as a current, something as a current job. And then describe the the position that you're interested in using keywords, of course. And in one case, there was a vice president of engineering uh, client who said, well, for the last uh, 12, 14 months, I've been taking care of my mother. I haven't been working. And he, we created a job VP of engineering uh, at Currently Seeking. And then he explained why he had a gap in his employment history. He said, like many people, uh, for the last X number of months, I've been taking care of my infirmed mother. I uh, was the only person that was able to step away from my professional career. Uh, financially, I was able to do it. And situation is now uh, concluded and I'm ready to go back to do what I do best, which is be vice president of engineering. So he told his story. He told the the recruiters why he ha- has been out of a job, but he wasn't excluded from the job search, which if you don't have the title that you want uh, as your a current job, you're not going to get uh, found in most of these searches. So the first thing you have to do is, is position yourself with that current job that you're seeking. So the next thing is, uh, or another thing to do is turn off the people also viewed option. There's that thing on the left, on the, uh, I'm sorry, the right-hand side about where the, the your computer stops. You'll see people also viewed. And if you uh, click on privacy and bring your cursor up to the little picture on the top right-hand corner, a drop-down box will show up and you can click on privacy and settings and turn off the people who viewed this profile also viewed. Now, why you want to do that is, again, another client had, uh, she was an ICU nurse, uh, ER nurse, and Nine of the 10 people that showed up were her direct competition for jobs. So sorry, Scott, I know you're going to hate me for saying this, but we don't want, I don't want the candidate to show off their competition to other recruiters. So
0: I don't, I don't hate you,
1: Al. <laughs> <laughs> you wish I would have shut up, but that's okay. <laughs> Not at all. I
0: think that's, I didn't actually know that you could do that. I just learned something new.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's that's one of those that is really important. Uh, Others, if you as a recruiter probably would think uh, less of a candidate. One, if they don't have a picture, and this is not Facebook, so you don't want to have your dog or your your kids or whatever your family in your LinkedIn. Uh, picture. You want to have a professional picture. You don't want the avatar either. No Another one. Pictures it, or anything like that. Yeah, exactly. You need to have 500 plus connections, or else you're not seen as legitimate. And it's easy to do because you can join groups and find people that are in your industry uh, and recruiters who are in do things for your industry. Ask folks to connect, and you can very quickly get to 500 connections. And when it comes to groups, uh, you need to have four groups where you become a top contributor. Because on LinkedIn, top contributors uh, get their profile viewed four times more often than than anybody else, uh, than other people in the group. And a lot of folks like you probably look at group activity um, or WordPress activity or Google activity that's in the industry. And if you are saying, uh, bringing up salient points, you're going to be found, you're going to be discovered much more often.
0: What's an alternative to that or how much is that going to matter? Uh, If I really don't want to have anything to do with group discussion or something along those lines, you know, how much? How much is that going to matter? How much is that a requirement for? And you know, I'm thinking of myself as an example. If I were, if I were going and I'm job searching, and I'm, I mean, I'm not, but if I were doing that at this point, I know and understand how to use LinkedIn. But often the places where I'm discussing things and find myself enjoying. Different things are not not on LinkedIn, and I just view that as a as a chore. Sometimes I know it's valuable, but uh, but I'll view it as a as a chore, and it's not exciting to me. So if there's other sure. people like that, you know, is is this a must? And if not, what should I do in order to compensate? Because clearly it's valuable.
1: Yeah, it's not a must, but it's a shoulda. Uh, you you really should try to. Be active in industry groups, and I say limit it to four, and then you can post the same things. You can have Google Alerts sent to you and then post the same thing to your activity broadcast, which is on your homepage, and a couple groups in the morning and then a couple groups in the evening and – you're done. You can repost uh, links to industry news. And here's an example of somebody, uh, a recent uh, successful client who'd never been in the aerospace industry. And he wanted to be, by God, he was going to be in the aerospace industry come hell or high water. So he joined a number of LinkedIn groups. And this works for discussions on, on Google or or any place else, uh, any WordPress blog or, or something like that it works the same way so he got active in groups during the holiday season of all things and he started averaging 65 views per week 65 views per week and on average there's a rule of thumb that says that you have to have 300 quote good views in order to get found on LinkedIn so if you're getting one per day it's you might as well you know find a pleasant spot Rip Van Winkle to sleep for a while. But he got active and averaged 65 views during the holidays. It, come the first of the year, uh, he had 111 views right after the first of the year. And he, he was asked by the CIO of a very large airplane manufacturing company to link with the CIO. And he was, <laughs> he was asked to speak in India because he was an expert. The Indian guy at the, some convention wanted him to speak there because he saw he was an expert. The guy had never had one day in the aerospace business. Wow. And now he's trying to bring back any, uh, an iconic uh, uh, aircraft, which is really kind of fun. But that it works, it works other ways, too. I mean, it doesn't work just for that industry. I mean, there was – I had a client who had worked for the same company for 20 years. She was well-known in her industry, uh, which is in the – she would train people on safety equipment in the Cancer Alley area of Louisiana between New Orleans and Baton Rouge, where all those horrible chemical companies are. Uh, I didn't say horrible, did I? Um, Not
0: out loud, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) None of your (laughs) listeners heard it.
0: We have just alienated the whole – Chemical company <laughs> yeah. section, a contingent of our, our podcast listeners. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah. Oh well, <laughs> I've been known to do that. Uh, I'm hated far and wide. <laughs> but, Universally, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just ask my wife. Don't don't do that. Uh, so so she was using the same terms in that she'd been using for 20 years. A new a new president came in. They locked horns, and guess who got the axe. So she was getting nowhere. I mean with a great reputation in the field, nobody was calling her and she was really frustrated. And we discovered her the keywords that were used today as opposed to what she'd been using for 20 years. Mm. And she put up a new profile. This is an outcast. She she put up a new profile on a Saturday. Starting getting calls on Sunday for interviews, Monday and Tuesday, and had two job offers by Tuesday.
0: Do, do you remember some of the differences in search terms just for helping people understand that are listening to us?
1: I'll, I'll do one that's uh, – for me, uh, way back in the Stone Ages, I sold medical capital equipment, yeah. and I was very good at it. But if I would put on my resume or in my profile medical capital equipment, nobody would ever find me because now it's durable medical equipment, DME. Mm. And if I don't use that term and those uh, – that acronym, those terms and that acronym, I'd never get found. So I need to change what I did or what I what I – I need to change from the terms that were used then to the terms that are used today. It's doing the same thing. It was selling the same stuff. But it's using the terms that would be accurate for today's searches. Another client was a young guy, naval communications officer. Guy got his master's from Northwestern. uh, So he's no dummy. But he wanted to move from the military into the civilian sector. Yeah. um, And he was getting nowhere. The guy is brilliant. So we changed the terms from military jargon, which is a whole other language, to explaining what he did in the military uh, in civilian terms, and bingo he had three job offers in in no time, which you can you can do that stuff it 's just finding the terms that are used today for what you need to do but i mean let 's remember that this is only one path to employment. there are lots and lots of them, and you should use as many as you can
0: so let 's talk about some of the other ones that are really great to supplement
1: with sure. Well, one of my favorites is using a a marketing brochure, and there are different types of brochures for different parts of your job search. Employers don't know you, so the first type of brochure would be what I call a backgrounder, where you're sending uh, a brochure of of who you are and what you bring to the table – to a potential employer. Now you can't send that. You could send it to a recruiter, an outside recruiter, but if you send it to a uh, an internal recruiter, a company uh, talent acquisition person, they wouldn't know what the heck to do with it. So your target here would be for somebody about two levels above where you want to be. Because if, you're, if you show yourself as being really great to your immediate superior, a lot of them won't hire you because they're afraid for their own job. So, okay, fine. What we're going to do here is go a, a couple levels above where you are, one level above where that person is. And you're looking to show yourself as somebody that is, would be to the company's advantage to bring in. And so that higher person would say, "Hey, I'd like for the, you to look at this person." The next, the next two uh, types of brochure would be for your interviews, and <clears throat> excuse me, you want to show your value proposition, the things that you believe you can bring to the table for the advantage of the company, and it's all about them. It's never about you, because you're not even seen as a person. Uh, until you're brought in. Uh, but you want to make a personal connection. And I, I'm a big believer in uh, borrowing logos of the companies that you've worked for and worked with. Uh, the company that you want to work for. Um, and technically it's not legal. But most people understand that you're looking for a job and these are the companies you worked for in the past. So, uh, so it's,
0: in what way is it? And uh, I don't think you're a lawyer, but maybe I maybe I missed that. Uh, in but w- uh, what is help me understand why that's not legal? If you oh,
1: don't. it's it's a, a copyright, and the, the in in all the years that I've done this, we've gotten one one client who got a, a letter from a corporate lawyer who said, "No, you can't do that." So okay, fine, you just take it off, tear it up. Boom. We. Don't want to work for that company anyway, right? <laughs> so, and, and really, when he found out more about the company, he didn't want to work for that company. But think about a company logo. You know, the picture is worth a thousand words. Sure. Sort of. If you send a brochure to somebody and there's a company that either that person worked for or, or worked against and you worked for them, either way, there's going to be this bond immediately there, there's this feeling of camaraderie. You've, you've broken through uh, the, the, the quagmire of, of uh, getting to somebody or being seen as human. And they're going to want to see what you're all about. When did you work there? Did you know so-and-so? Uh, what projects did, did you work on? Did, was there some kind of synergy between the, the two of you? Uh, other things that you can use in brochures uh, or portfolios uh, include uh, charts and graphs and I don't think there's a guy out in the world that doesn't love a chart you know <laughs> charts and graphs we're like crazy with maps and charts you know we have to try to figure out what they're all about so you you get that interest immediately from them I mean you got to get past the, the uh, admin um, and ways to do that are kind of cool like sending a FedEx, and sometimes you don't send it via FedEx, like you drop it off. (laughs) You can get the envelopes for free and drop them off. Or send something uh, UPS priority mail, which is relatively inexpensive. Uh, And it usually gets to the decision maker uh, without being opened. So some really cool things that you can do. Uh, Your business card. The business card has two sides. And most people forget about half the real estate. And you can put things like uh, attributes or uh, some some real short accomplishments, bullet points, in the form of you know one or two or three words. You can use a QR code on the back of your business card. And I mean, I'm not all that tech savvy, but I would use a QR code to make people think that I am. So you can put tons of information. Just in, the, in a QR code, you can put a link to a YouTube video that talks about you uh, and what you do and what you bring to the table and how great you are without saying how great you are. So there, there are lots of different ways, there are lots of paths that you can use to be employed to get differentiation, and yeah, there, it's it's it can be fun actually.
0: Al, I want to talk
1: about a couple of these
0: because yeah. these are great ideas. But I want to get in and dig into some of the nitty-gritty as to how some of these are applied. First of all, absolutely love the FedEx idea because you yeah, just go down and pick up an envelope and walk in like uh, you're know like you delivering it. And then you can just uh, hand it over and you get the name on there and everything like that. And of course, it's going to get to them. Uh, I'd say, I have no idea, if, but just picking a number out of the air, I'm going to guess nine times out of 10 or more, it's going to, it's going to get to them. People want to open those types of packages. Ooh, yes. that's different than what I normally get. Yeah, yeah. I want to open that one. <laughs>
1: and, and even sending three things through just regular USPS. Yeah. I mean, everybody wants to use a computer. And, and, and a, a perfect example of why I think you should use USPS or, or any kind of real mail, uh, a, a client wanted to go to work for Walmart. Like store manager sort of thing. And he found the regional office of Walmart in his town, sent some info over to the person, USPS, regular snail mail, called the admin the when he thought that, that it should arrive. She picks up the phone. They make nice. He asks if they uh, had gotten, if the regional president, I think it was, had gotten his... Uh, a a brochure. And she said, you know, the mail just got here. Let me go check if it's here. She was back in a snap and which was kind of odd. And no, it's not here, but I'll bet it's here Monday. I'll look for it. So he thinks to ask, well, how many pieces of mail does the regional president of Walmart get in a given day? Of course, I'm expanding this just slightly. And she said, oh, three to four. Three to four pieces of U.S. mail as opposed to how many hundreds of of emails. So if they don't know you, and, and most of the time, if somebody I don't know sends me an email, it immediately gets deleted because I don't know what kind of virus might be there, right? But people are opening their mail because we get less of it. So use that tool. It's real cheap, too.
0: That's interesting. And In, I'm always – trying to help people look for those paths of least resistance and least competition. Yeah, And at this point, most people aren't thinking about that's actually one of them. That's a massive one uh, for differentiation, to be able to stand out, uh, everything that goes along with it and just people aren't doing it. Right. Yeah.
1: Which is a great reason to do it. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Exactly. Okay. So let me ask you about the background brochure. Help me understand how that actually works. so if i am if I am in the space where I want to I want to go ahead and try this out, what sure. what should I do first and and how does that uh, how do I actually apply that? I get okay. what it is. You know, I get yep. uh, that uh, it, it's going to share a little bit of my background and all that good stuff, and i and I get that I'm targeting um somebody who is you know one or one or so people above the person who might be my boss um give or take but how does it work
1: okay so let's start from the beginning you're going to go use your uh, uh your computer uh, go to a word document or the apple version uh you can change the orientation from portrait to landscape and then create columns uh let's say you're going to create a trifold brochure or bifold whichever you want to do so you, in a trifold you'd have three columns and on the one sheet of paper you'll have two sides which means a total of six columns so on the the outside you're going to want to put your contact information which includes your city or desired city the city where you want to work if it's not the same as where you live uh, your email address your phone number uh, and your LinkedIn, Address you have got to make it easy for people. If it's tough, they're not going to bother with you. So that's that takes care of one to two columns because you can you're going to fold this thing in thirds, right? You want your name to show up once or twice on that in that those two areas you can put uh, clip art that sh- talks about what you what you do. In one case, I had a legal secretary. So her clip art was the scales of justice and a, a clip art with a, a woman sitting behind a desk. Makes sense, right? Yeah. So they knew exactly what she was, what she was doing. So other things that other columns can contain things like what you, what you do or, or attributes that you have. Maybe in this case, maybe she was typing uh, 75 to 85 words per minute. And I asked her, well, or do you t- type that accurately big difference between seventy five to eighty five and seventy five to eighty five accurately so we added accurately so there were a list of of the of the pieces of machinery and the software packages that she uh was adept at you know for for legal we're talking about differentiation not only did she use uh pro law but she used uh, uh uh, word perfect in, in the past, which used to be the thing that, that lawyers used as opposed to, to word. <laughs> so, and then a couple columns, you'll want to talk about your background, what you bring to the table. And you might want to do that in the third person. And so if you're, if you're saying that you're better than sliced bread, nobody's going to believe you. But if you take a line or two, a quote, just a line or two out of a letter of recommendation and then give attribution, then it's not you talking about you. It's somebody else talking about you. And the reason that I really like doing this goes back to my uh, sales management, sales training days. Everybody thinks salespeople are liars. Now my daughter said that and I said, you know, if I lied, do you think they'd ever buy anything from me? And she'd say, well, uh, no. Right. Salespeople, good salespeople cannot afford to lie ever. And what what I made all the salespeople who worked for me do was have a proof source binder. So when you make a statement, then it's backed up by a third party proving that you're telling the truth. So in the case of the brochure, you're saying that you're, you're better than sliced bread and Joe Schmoe at XYZ Corporation says, hey, this person is better than sliced bread. So you can use uh, as many as three of those quotes within two columns. And then you have another column where you want to talk about your accomplishments. And one of the things that, that we tend to do as soon as we lose a job is to discount what we have done. But the things that we do on a regular basis are precisely the things that companies are looking for for people who are doing what you want to do. For instance, if you're a secretary or legal or an assistant, you use uh, Word and Excel and so forth, the entire office suite. But if you don't write it down there, they might think that you don't know how to use it. So you write it down. It's just that simple really. So you have contact information, attributes, uh, skills, uh, uh, accomplishments, and a background. And that takes care of six columns real quickly. And there's lots of white space. You can add uh, a a picture of yourself. I'm not crazy about that, but why not? So they, they can see who you are but they're there're of not
0: crazy about that just curious
1: oh it, it just seems uh real estate agentish <laughs> you know they've always had their pictures on on their billboards and it's like i don't care what you look like i just want to buy a house you know <laughs> but that's just me i i i shave in the shower for a reason <laughs> i don't want to look at this mug
0: <laughs> well the reason i'm asking is because i've uh, Okay. So I, my business, I mean, what we do is we help people make transitions to work that they actually want to be doing. Right. But one of the things that I've had to become very, very proficient at is marketing. And one of the things that I use to my advantage is pictures of, you know, either myself or other people or uh, things along those lines, because that Builds trust and credibility just through years and you know years and years and years of evolution and blah blah blah. You're recognizing yes. the, the human face and all the stuff that goes into that um, has a tendency for most people to uh, to to. Be, well, just like I said, build a build that trust quicker it in that is. in that credibility. If you can see who you're actually working with, and then you know, recognize that uh, they're a real person, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, versus the pieces of paper, or in my case, exactly. you know, a, a site on the internet, or blah blah blah, whatever. So, yeah. I was just really curious why uh, why that was the case.
1: Yeah, and I, and, and I say that, but I have to admit to being a hypocrite. on On my business card, I have me in front of a crowd doing a presentation, right on my business card. So. Uh, I say that I I don't particularly care for it, but by God I'll use it <laughs> if that's, it helps. That's if, yeah. if it helps me, I'm going to use it.
0: So, like in the case of uh, on your business card, then I would imagine that's establishing instant credibility that you're yeah. an expert in a particular area. Because why else would you be up in front of a crowd, etc. Right?
1: Right. Yeah, and and oh, let's let's take that that one word here for just a second. Expert, please, everybody, look at at the. People who claim to be experts look at their background and see if they actually have anything back there. (laughs) One of the people that really irritates me, who is known as a uh, the expert in in, uh, in in HR, who's been interviewed everywhere. When I looked at her background, finally, I mean, I've been railing about the person saying that you are unemployable after six months. And that's what she's been saying for years. There's no there there. Her first job wasn't after she got a bachelor's degree. It was five years or seven years later when she got a, finally got a master's degree. And her first job was as a vice president of HR. Whose first job is vice president? And she was there five years and then hasn't done anything for 14 years other than sell a book and get interviewed. So look at the experts, and I'm not claiming to be one, by the way.
0: (laughs) Well, on the other hand, I mean, expert, all it really means – and I think people can look at this both ways. This can be either good or bad. Um, Expert just means that you know – A bit more than the person that you're educating or working with or helping or you know whatever blah 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 right yeah. So on one hand, if you're trying to (laughs) establish expertise in a different area, then that works out to your advantage. On the other hand, you know it it really is worthwhile to understand you know what somebody's individual background is. Like um, I don't know, take myself for example, right? Like there's no school out there like there's not Harvard doesn't have a program that uh, helps people transition to work that they love. And I have my degree in that or anything like that. But, you know, if, if you dig really deep, then it it just happens to really fit that type of profession and that type of business happens to really fit all of the different types of things that I've done in terms of, well, like you have, I've done, you know, some sales and like you have done some training and, you know, I've been in HR and recruiting and blah, 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 and owned a couple of businesses and all those types of things. And that, that creates more expertise than the individual person. But at the same time, man i do not have a, <laughs> i do not have a phd in in helping people do the, the work that they love so to your to your point i think you have to do that research and really understand who it is that you're working with and who it is right. that you're following and does that line up with what you really want
1: right and that's that's really my point of course i need to get off my soapbox with that a little bit <laughs> <laughs> but this this one particular person has been saying that that yeah. once you're out of a job for 6 months you're unemployed which makes me go
0: crazy I, yeah, I, know, I, I do, do it's do nonsense
1: with that. yeah so <laughs> sorry about that folks <laughs>
0: <laughs> no worries keep so keep on going we've got just a couple of minutes left here and you've already given us a ton of things to be able to do try and start any, sure. Anything that, okay, so if I am an HTYCer and I am listening to this and I am getting ready to make a career transition, I am getting ready to make a job change. And, and we've got lots of folks that um, that are in that position right now sure. where they may not hate their job, but they know they don't want to be doing it forever and they're ready to do something different, something that actually fits them. Where do I get started? What's the What's the best... Yeah. Parting advice for uh, how I can get started in in making that transition. The one or two things that uh, you'd start with first.
1: Well, first I, I want to find out what I want to do when I grow up. I, I really want to find out where I want to be. And if that means taking a formal assessment like a DISC or a Myers-Briggs, fine. Uh, but you can really dig into uh, the the job titles and find out, well, that's, I thought that's what I wanted, but it doesn't sound exactly right. So let me take this next title and find it. Ah, that makes a lot more sense. Uh, so that's where I want people to start. Find where their happy spot is and then delve into the job description itself, see what they want versus what I do and, or what I've done. And a lot of what You've done applies directly to what they're looking for. It just might not be the same terms, but you can explain that what you did applies this way. uh, And what I did there will work for you and why. So, those are the ways that I mean, it really helps to have something other than just a resume to do that. And the marketing documents should help. Then you need to target companies that you want to work for, because remember, 85% of the jobs are never posted. So why don't you con- directly contact companies with marketing documents and a resume, if that's what you want. <coughs> and, and you never know what they could find because there are a number of different kinds of, of, uh, hidden jobs. Uh, th- there are the, the ones that you present yourself as better than sliced bread, and they, they can create a job for you. It doesn't happen often, but it can be the best job you would ever had. You can be seen as an improvement to somebody who is in a position today, and you can replace that person. So that's what I call an opportunity, uh, a hidden job. And the third type is the ones that are funded. They're, they're requisitions. They're being... Sought after, that the title or the person is being sought after, and that finding that job uh, or discovering that hidden job, it can work to your benefit. So, find out what you want to do, then start doing the research for companies that you want to work for. And I suggest going to your public library, looking, going to Zoom Info, and finding not just uh, the one megacorp that you know about, but couple dozen more that might be ancillary companies or competitors or uh, companies that service that one that you know. So there are lots of things that you can do and think about small to medium-sized companies because that's where the vast majority of jobs are. And we talk about that in our book.
0: That So the book, it's called Hired,
1: right? Hire, hired, Paths to Employment in the Social Media Era, because this is the social media era but there are lots of paths to getting a job.
0: And we've talked about a whole bunch of these. And this has been absolutely amazing. I, I've i learned a few things chatting with you. And it's reinforced Great. some things that uh, that I thought I knew, but uh, now understand on a different level. And then at the same time, it, it's made me think about a couple of these search paths in a new and different way. So I, I really appreciate it.
1: Uh, it's been my pleasure, and we didn't even get started about interviewing.
0: No, we, we haven't even gotten there. <laughs> you know what, though, um, you're you're welcome back on the show anytime, and we might have to have another conversation about uh, about interviewing at some point. Sure. And uh, but if, if people loved what they heard, and I think that you should. If you if you don't love what you heard, then you know we should talk because there might be a problem. Because <laughs> this is very, very, very useful stuff. Um, where, where can they find out more about you, Al, uh, or if they want to pick up the book, how can they, how can they do that?
1: Sure. They they can find, heck, you can email me or you can go to my LinkedIn page. Uh, it's Al Smith, greater Atlanta, and you'll see my, my mug with the picture of the book in the background. So, uh, that that's pretty easy. Um, if they, if you want to buy the book, you can go to our website, which is, Hired, h-i-r-e-d, the-t-h-e, T-H-E, book, b-o-o-k.com. You can get it that way for a signed and inscribed copy. Uh, you can send, you can send me an email if you want to, a, a Marshall Smith uh, at gmail.com. Uh, or you can go to, uh, Amazon, where, and you'll want to look it up using either my name or Jeff's name, Alfred M. Smith or Jeff Sheehan, S-H-E-E-H-A-N, and mine is A-L-F-R-E-D. Middle initial M, Smith, S-M-I-T-H. And the book, of course, is Hired, with an exclamation point, Paths to Employment in the Social Media Era. There are two ways that you can get a book through Amazon. One is uh, buying a, the, the hard copy. Uh, I think it's $22, $23, whatever it is. It's pretty cheap. Or the e-version, and you do not have to have a Kindle to get the e-version, and that's only 10 bucks. So a number of different ways you can get it. And if you have trouble, give me a holler. (laughs)
0: Hey, that is perfect. And definitely I I would recommend picking up the book because this is just, you know, what we talked about and what you heard here, we just don't have time to get into everything. And there's so much more that can be helpful. So, Thank you very much, Al. Really, really, really appreciate welcome. it. Meant uh, meant everything that I that I said, and this has been a this has been a really fun conversation.
1: Uh, it's been a pleasure. It really has. I, I talk too much, but <laughs> I I'm sorry, Scott.
0: It's it's been beneficial, and I, I I really do appreciate it. And we'll we'll chat again.
1: Well, thanks so much. Look forward to it, and thanks everybody.
0: Really hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. I think that if you are anytime in the future going to make a move to another job, you absolutely have to know and understand some of those things that, that Al was talking about, um, particularly with LinkedIn. But it applies to all different ways that recruiters, hiring managers, and even HR professionals can uh, look for you. And then it makes you available to be able to... <laughs> Really, quite frankly, fall into their hands a little bit, and the more it can, you can make it easier on them. The more you're going to get opportunities that nobody else will ever even think that are possible to get. So, really hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. It's fun conversation with Al. Um, wanted to take a moment and just say thank you. Really appreciate it. Uh, I know I say this a lot, but I very much do appreciate it because this show doesn't happen without you. Happen to your career as a business does not happen without you and really appreciate you leaving the interviews that, or leaving the reviews on, on um, Stitcher and on iTunes. And I'm going to read another one here. This one is from Robbie Signs. Uh, it says, Inspiring Podcast. Really excited to hear every new episode. I love the Finding the Time episode. Makes you think about how to use all 24 hours and each day differently. Really appreciate you listening, Robbie, and that is awesome. Thanks for taking the time to leave a five-star review. Now, for those of you who are out there that are in that place, that you know that you're what you're doing right now, is not what you want to be doing in the future, I would push you to figure out what what are the ways that you can do it differently. And it it starts with exactly what you want. You've heard me talk about it before, um, our eight-day course, our eight-day mini course that can help you to figure that that out. Um, Go and check it out now. Go to figureitout.co, figureitout.co, And you can sign up for the mini course. And if you're new here, and you haven't done that yet, would absolutely recommend it. Even if you already have a good idea of what it is that you want to be doing, then it'll force you to think even deeper on it and what you want your life to be like, which is the real question when I'm doing coaching when which we have people go through our, our paid courses, like figure out what fits. Um, You know, that's, that's the real question we push people to identify because we don't often ask that exact question. So I want you to understand exactly in your life what it is that you want and stop doing the things that don't line up with that. And that's how you can get that. So simply text HTYC to 38470. That's HTYC to 38470 or visit figureitout.co. Hey, really appreciate you being here with us and I'm out.
1: Largely because you need to differentiate yourself. You you have to show that you're different, you're better, you're going to show a potential employer what you're going to be like after they hire you. If you knew how, you as a listener, knew how recruiters use LinkedIn to find people just like you for the 85% of the jobs that are never posted, wouldn't that be to your benefit? Of course, I ran for president Al Smith. I ran for president in 1928, right?